This is an AMI podcast. Hello there. I'm Stephen Scott, blind tech user and host of Double Tap Canada on AMI-audio. Does the prospect of exciting new assistive tech keep you up at night? Oh, good. It's not just me then. Double Tap Canada might just be the show for you. Check us out on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. I'm Joita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. There are numerous examples of artists with disabilities who use their art not only as a form of self-expression, but also as a way to push the envelope on social issues. Their creative endeavors serve as social commentary. For artists and performers with disabilities, there are many barriers to establishing themselves. Inaccessible venues, lack of mentors, and attitudinal barriers, as well as, I think, the real fear of being stereotyped or pigeonholed. And the disability community also belongs to numerous other marginalized groups. You could be disabled and a woman, or disabled and indigenous. And these intersecting identities can compound challenges while also providing rich insight into the human experience. Today, we meet blind indigenous musician, Matt Mack. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Joita Gupta and with me is Matt Mack. He is someone who you might have heard if you live in Winnipeg, but maybe not as much if you live in other parts of the country. Matt Mack is from the Garden Hill First Nation and he has lived on res all his life, but he is an incredibly talented musician. And at just 20 years old, he's dropped his first debut album. It's, it's making waves. It's really quite fantastic. He's, uh, he is blind, and I think it's one of the ways in which it ha- his disability has really shaped his uh, his artistry and some of his work. So, Matt Mack, welcome to The Pulse. It's, really, it's actually really awesome to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's a really awesome stage name. It really kind of rolls off your tongue. Matt Mack, what's the story there? <laughs> okay, so let me, um, let me go into it. A while back ago, I had used to go on this or I still go on this app, this uh, voice chat app, and my display name for my computer every time I'd log on was Matt on Mac. And one of my oh. friends from the blind community was like, you know what? He was like, huh, Matt on Mac. And he just like kept thinking about it. And it was like, he started saying Matt Mac. Oh. And I was like, wait, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. But ever since uh. then, it's kind of just stuck. Has it grown on you? Yes, it did. That's awesome. So you've been a musician for a long time. How long have you been singing and writing your own music? Well, I've been singing since I was uh, four. Uh, wow. Right? Since I was like 17, 18, so not even that long ago. So tell me about how you started singing at four. What what is it? It was it your is your family very musical? Is there are there singers in your family? What prompted you at four to take an interest in music? That's kind of funny because as of right now, I'm the only singer in my family. I'm the only one who's like really? musically. But um, that didn't stop my family from still playing music. Of course, my family listened to a lot of music. I grew up with mm-hmm. a lot of 
gospel from my mom, and uh, um, I also grew up with some rock and rap from my siblings. So I grew up with a lot of music. That's really great to hear. But so, what are some of the the influences? Any there's gospel, there's there's rock, there's some rap. Are there any artists that you particularly love whose work you think has influenced your practice as an artist? Yeah. So um, there's a lot that influences me now that I think about it. Uh, mm. Owl City um, musically, he inspires me. Um, NF, I listen to a lot of NF. Um, Juice World, um, I, I listen to a lot of Juice World. Nav, to name a few artists. And you know, I'm 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 sort of curious. I started to sing when I was four, just uh, coincidentally, uh, and I was put in classes. But you know, I never developed more than a sort of an amateur. Uh, I, I you know, I'm sure I was a good singer, but I never really considered it as a career. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, I'm happy to belt out tunes in the shower. I I don't need to make a career out of this. I never really it never really crossed my mind to put out an album. And yet here you are. You've got this amazing album. What made you decide that instead of just pursuing this as a hobby music would become something you did professionally so i've been making beats and getting my um building up my skills for production software for like most of my teen years mm. and then I, I remember i remember i'd sat down because i was dealing with some family um family stuff one one afternoon and I was like I really don't want to just deal with this so I was like you know let's work on music and I remember the first song I really really wrote it was a song called uh, Staying True and after I wrote that I was just like you know what I can make this into a career mm-hmm. So the writing is a really big part of it as well. You don't have a song writer. You, you, the, the, the words that you hear, the lyrics that we hear, those are your words. Now, you met Nasreen um, a few minutes ago. She's our technician. Nasreen was mentioning that she's trying to write some music and struggles with writer's block. Uh, you know, how do you communicate the things that you are feeling? How do you communicate that on paper? How do you get around feeling stuck and making sure you can you can transport other people through your lyrics into how you're feeling it's interesting because i usually write on the spot when i'm coming up with a song um i have my notes open in one window and my uh music software open in another and i write as i record so like everything is in the moment and so do you ever go back and make changes like do you go back and record something and you're like nah really like that do you you tend to tweak your work or is it uh are you just you know able to do it in one shot um in most in most cases i'm able to do it in one shot um but there Mm. are times where i would go back into the project and um re-record some lines or i'm like i don't like the way i don't like how i said this or like i don't like how this was delivered or i feel like i could have worded this better but yeah sometimes i'd go back and um fix some things if needed what is it about rapping that attracts you? Because, you know, that's it's a it's a it's difficult. I mean, I couldn't even consider trying it myself. Uh, but, uh, you you know, how do you how do you incorporate that into into your work? Um, what what is it that attracts you about that that particular genre? I feel like. It's expressive. You can tell stories. Mm. And I remember my first song 
um, staying true, um, I was just like, you know what? It's funny. I was really trying to do EDM music, and I was just like, you know what? I really like where I'm going. And I was, and I'd been listening to a lot of hip hop at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I really like where this is going. I should start mm-hmm. doing this more often. I like what you just said about telling stories through your music. Um, people don't often think of music as a form of storytelling, but you, 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 you have a lot of interesting stories to tell. Um, you spent your life um, growing up in, in, in the Garden Hill First Nations community. It's not Toronto. It's a, it's a fairly, I'm a small community and it's fairly isolated. What was it like for you growing up there? When I was eight years old, um, I remember my mom would take me and my little brother for walks, and she would describe the world around us. She would describe what she's seeing, the sunset, the uh, trees, the colors around the sky. And it was around that time where I had just, I was, I was really starting to discover that I was blind mm. at that age, and that kind of got me into like a state of depression because I kept asking all these questions. I'm like, why can't I see the sky? Why can't I see this, these trees? Why can't I see the colors like you can? Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me into a stage of depression mm-hmm. for a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that people don't realize when they're sighted, I think, that you discover that you're blind. Uh, because I remember when I was six, I had a very similar experience to you. Because a lot of my, like, up to that point, I assumed that, and I, 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 I am not kidding, I assumed that everybody was just like me, in that none, they couldn't see at all out of their left eye, and they could see a little bit out of their right eye. And then one day I asked someone, I said, um, so can you see out of your left eye? And they were like, yeah, of course I can see out of my left eye. And I was like, wait a minute what's wrong with me? Like, why am, am I the only one who can't see out of my left eye? Um, and that kind of spent, sent me, it put me in a bit of a funk too, you know, because um, I suddenly started to feel like maybe I wasn't like everybody else and that I was very different in, in a noticeable sort of way. Did you struggle with that sense of not quite fitting in or being different from the people around you? Yeah, so um, I did for a few years um, after that. So it's like eight, nine, 10, 11 um, I did struggle with that. In fact, I stopped singing altogether because mm-hmm. it really affected a lot of the things I used to do. Um, I remember I would have, I remember I'd have some days where I'd have really bad episodes, but ever since then, like things have gotten better since. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting how something happens in your life and you turn a corner because it's so funny like i feel like i i haven't talked to you before today right but there's a lot of similarities in our story because just around you know in in terms of how you're describing being very depressed i remember feeling very isolated and very depressed around the same time like 8 9 10 11 12 13 even um and then i remember sort of having this moment of almost like a revelation a turning point where i decided that yes i was you know i was blind no, I probably couldn't change that, but I was going to turn a corner in my own thinking. Uh, what about you? Did you have a moment uh, in your life where you turned a corner in your thinking? Yeah, so when I was 12, 13, um, I remember that 
I'd started to pick up my laptop because I'd gotten a laptop that Christmas. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was really starting to get into the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I learned how to use the laptop. I was learning about assistive technology. I was learning about screen readers. Uh, at the same time, I was also learning about multi-track recording software. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, I was also learning the keyboard. I was learning how to play. I was self-taught. I never mm-hmm. had any vocal lessons or I never had any keyboard or piano lessons. So uh, through these years, I was by 14, I was just like, I was already like multi-track recording. It was not the best software in the world, but I was already doing it. I was just like, you know what? This is actually pretty fun. So like during my early teen life, I was just um, building up my production skills, building up my um musical skills honestly um i find audacity like i've tried to use audacity and it scares me so i applaud you for for trying to make a go of it that's (laughs) funny that's funny because that's actually what i started out with really and you were able to make and you were able to figure out how to use audacity that's really incredible because i tried and i gave up (laughs) yeah i figured out how to use it Match, tell us a little bit about Paradise. Uh, one of the really cool things about the song is the music video. Uh, when I, um, well, I didn't watch it, but I was listening to the the, the song on YouTube and my husband was t- describing the music video. Tell me about what it was like for you to have your own music video. That must have been a really cool experience. Definitely, it was a cool experience. Recording the video, doing all these performance shots, um, going around the city, it was pretty fun. Yeah, and how what was that process like for you? Um, like, how did you actually go about recording the video? So I remember, okay, what are we going to do? So <laughs> we went around the city. Um, we basically had a Bluetooth speaker, and we're just going to do performance shots of mm-hmm. me vibing to the song, performing to the, performing the song in various um, locations around the city. So that whole the the two days we were in Winnipeg. We were just filming, 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 filming. So that's basically what happened. We drove around the city, um, which is kind of fun because I love car rides. Um, mm-hmm. I love car rides. Can't stress that enough. But um, I was driving around the city with the uh, the camera guy, and we were just filming. And all in all, we were just having a good time. So, you know, we were taking a bit of a break here, Matt, and on the break, Nisreen, who is our technician, got into a really good conversation with you. And I think it might be a lot of fun to bring Nisreen in because you guys have so much in common. Both of you are artists and and musicians. Nisreen, I'm sure there are things you want to ask Matt about his journey as an artist and how he has gotten to do some of the work that he's done. So uh, take it away. For sure, for sure. So uh, my question to you, Matt, is... For me, I released my first single actually a few months ago and I'm still trying to discover my sound. So I'm trying to find what works out for me, what sounds right as a permanent sound for myself. I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to find your sound and how did it feel for you? Yeah, so I guess that really took the past three years, two or three years. I remember when I recorded, uh, going back to my uh, song, Stay True, Mm -hmm. um, 
I was already kind of there, but at the same time, I was just, like, confused and, like, I didn't know, like, what type of music genre I should get into because at the same time, at that time, I was, like, wanting to get into EDM and, like, electronic dance music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was around that time I was really, yeah, I really like this. And at the time, I was beginning to get into modern hip-hop such as, like, Juice World. XX Tentacion and um, to name to name a few artists. That's what I was really listening to, and I was like, "This is something I could do, and this is a sound I could develop. This yeah. is a sound I could do, and this is a sound I could develop." And yeah. how do you sort of um, how do you sort of just to follow up on Nasreen's question? How do you sort of find a community of other artists? So, did you have uh, uh, other artists in your community that you were able to collaborate with, or even other artists who might have been visually impaired who might have been able to teach you how to navigate the scene or uh, make some contacts? How did you manage that side of the business? Yeah, so um, it was also around that time, uh, two or three years ago. Um, I was introduced to a uh, internet-based collective called Blind and Famous, and what they are is they are a group of mu- blind musicians, producers, rappers, and um, engineers. We do it all. Mm-hmm. Do they like talk to you about the challenges and and the opportunities? Do they tell you where you can get some work? What's uh, what kind of help have they been able to give you over the years? Yeah, so I feel looking back at it now they upgraded my sound completely because at the time i was making beats i wasn't really doing a lot of artist stuff um so they're like yo you know what your drums are outdated so what they did is they extremely changed my sound a lot and i was just like yeah okay this is interesting and i'm liking where this is going and they i contribute most of my success to them and they were able to get me to update my sound and make it up to date and relevant and um, mm-hmm. they actually were the ones who introduced me to modern rap and hip hop so that's so, awesome yeah I want to ask you a little bit about um, labels uh, so, you know, even when I introduced you and in a lot of the other media covers that you've had, people have said, oh, you know, blind artist. Um, how do you feel about that label? Is it something that you embrace? Are you cool with it? Or is it one of those situations where you almost want to say, can we not talk about the blindness? Can we just stick to talking about my music? Where do you land on that particular issue? So I embrace it because my blindness mm-hmm. obviously is a part of my story. Um, I grew up on an isolated community. I dealt with depression based off of my blindness. So, yeah, definitely. What advice would you give other musicians like Nisreen, for example? Um, and I'm, I'm sure she's not the only one. Lots of up-and-coming artists with disabilities who might want to uh, put out a single or they might want to put out an album. What do they need to do? Because uh, the other thing I think about is just how much variety there is and how in some ways everybody can put out an album now um how do you kind of do something that is going to be cutting edge that's going to be attention grabbing what's your strategy so there's going to be a lot of learning involved i've learned so much mm-hmm. from my uh, management over the past three months three to six months more so over the past three months there's going to be so much learning and uh the stuff that i learned this year alone has been overwhelming so there will be a lot that comes at you at once though you just got to embrace it because all the things you're working for 
all the things that I've been working for. It's just let mm-hmm. it leading up to this. It's just been amazing and seeing the success. And if I can see other people's success based off of like the, the things I say to them, that's what really drives my work. And there's so much that goes into it. I didn't even realize how much that goes into yeah. a music release. Because we're talking promo, yeah. we're talking distribution and all that fun stuff. So. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that you're not just the vocalist. You're not just the producer. You're doing all of it. And previously in our conversation, you talked about how you were self-taught for the most part. Now, it just so happens that my brother learned to play the guitar. He's not much older than you, but he learned to play the guitar and he is self-taught. But he's also fully sighted. Uh, and what he would do is he, he would, uh, you know, he would Google guitar lessons on YouTube and he would kind of watch what they were doing and follow along. So saying that you're self-taught uh, is, I think, a very different experience when you're visually impaired. What was that process like for you? How, in, in what way were you self-taught? So when I was learning the piano, I was mainly playing gospel songs at the time. And that's what I kind of started out with. Um, I remember I'd follow the key of the gospel song, and I'd kind of learn off of that. I was mainly learning songs, so like chords. I didn't really learn like full music theory till like later on, but mm-hmm. it was around that time I was just learning matching the sound, matching the note to the song. I was like, okay, this is how this should sound, and that's how it really started. So you were learning by year, basically. Yeah, I was. It's really by incredible. Year. Um, let me ask you, as we sort of wind up our conversation, and you know, it's really flown by quickly for me, but the one question I really did want to ask you is, how would you like the broader public, so people outside of Winnipeg, who probably embrace you as uh, Winnipeg's Matt Mack, you know, like uh, as someone who's achieved a certain amount of fame locally, but also, uh, you know, people outside of the disability community who might think of you as a blind artist. Setting aside all of that, how would you want the general public to perceive your work and not just the, the the album that you put out, but perceive your work as an artist? What do you hope that they take away from your journey? Thinking on this now, um, I hope that people take away that like not only am I a blind artist, I'm not only my producer, but I just love to inspire people. That's what I love doing. To inspire people to, let's say, work on music or to be a better person or to work on a specific issue that they're dealing with to make things all right because in my songs I talk about um, the things I deal with mm-hmm. and also another thing I really want people to know that when they listen to my music and there's there may be certain situations that they're dealing with they're not alone mm-hmm. if you're dealing with something you're not alone that's really well said and you are not alone i think that's a really good place to leave it thank you very much for being on the program i really enjoyed our conversation and i feel like i learned a lot just from talking to you (laughs) thank you for having me today you're welcome that was matt mack who is from the garden hill first nations community he joined us today to talk about his music and you can always catch our conversation on your favorite podcast platform I really liked what uh, we just talked about, about the importance of recognizing the amount of work that goes into making an album and um, inspiring other people with disabilities to learn, to be self-taught, to grow your skill set, and to 
encourage people not to be isolated and to try and reach out and remember that you're not alone. And I think that's such a valuable message, especially right now when so many, so many of us are indeed dealing with isolation during the pandemic. So um, it was a real pleasure to be able to speak to Matt Mac today on the program. I would like to thank very much Nisreen Abdul-Majid for her cameo role as a co-host. I really enjoyed that. But Nisreen is also our regular technical producer. Also want to thank Andy Frank, who's the manager of AMI Audio, and Paula Deneen, our technical supervisor. But most of all, thank you for listening. And as we head out for today, here is a little more of Matt Mac's music with the song Still There. You're listening to The Pulse, and we will see you again very soon. Thanks a lot for listening. I couldn't change my fears So my mistakes became your tears I didn't see throughout the years That I was free when you were near So many things come to mind The memories I wanna run and hide I don't have the words My tongue is tied Could I see love if I wasn't blind? I didn't realize I was hurting you And all this time I just needed you You was right there when nobody else couldn't be I know that I messed up real bad, but girl, I just want you to see I hold on to you, girl, like you was a piece of me I know this might seem crazy, but I've been thinking about you lately Me calling you my baby, but I love that we're shut together All of the things that was said, all of the things we went through That I knew that you went through, you were still there This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.